Praise the Lord. Well, we are continuing on our theme, courage to deal wisely in the affairs of life. Yeah. Just look at your neighbor and say, courage to deal wisely in the affairs of life. Thanks. That's okay. Yeah. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Amen. Amen. The complete Jewish Bible read, yes, he reads, yes, keep this book of the Torah on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Tell your neighbor, meditate on it day and night. Tell your other neighbor, meditate on it day and night. It says, meditate on it day and night so that you will take care to act according to everything written in it. Then your undertakings will prosper and you will succeed. I said last week, you know, I kind of started holding back on using the word success and prosperity because of the way it's been so abused. And yet, when you read the Bible, the Bible does tell us that God wants us to succeed. Oh, thank you for that one. Amen, my brother. The Bible tells us that God wants us to prosper. Can I hear an amen? However, we are not to run after prosperity and success. It should never be our, our, the first thing that we are running after and we are seeking after and chasing after. But God tells us if we do certain things, in this instance, if we don't let his word depart out of our mouth, in other words, we keep speaking God's word, and if we meditate in God's word day and night, and if we act according to God's word, then we will make our way prosperous, and then we will have good success. And so we said, therefore, that success and prosperity are simply a byproduct of us doing certain things. One translation says that we will deal wisely in the affairs of life. And that's the title and the theme for this month. Courage to deal wisely in the affairs of life. We explained that the Septuagint version, or as theologians say, the Septuagint version, when it talks about dealing uh, 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 wisely in the affairs of life, it's talking about being perceptive, being sagacious. You remember that big word we used last week? Oh, perspicacious. Look at your neighbor and say, since last week I'm sagacious and perspicacious. In other words, that you have a keen way to observe and understand. You have, you have discernment, intelligence. You have a thinking on a high level. It means you are an insightful person, possessing the ability to put things together. Because we understand that it is through wisdom that we are able to move forward in life. It's in knowing how to move forward in life, as one translation says, dealing wisely in the affairs of life. So it means if we meditate in God's word, we will do wisely. We will be excellent in our work with God, excellent in dealing with people. We'll be excellent in business. We will be people who are well-behaved, and the spirit of God in our lives will bring wisdom, understanding, insight. These are the things that we need in life. We saw how Joseph... In spite of the fact that he was a prisoner, right there in prison, he was able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. And even his seniors could see that God is with Joseph the same way they will see that God is with you. Amen. 
When John wrote to Gaius in 3 John 2, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. Yeah, I wrote it wrong. Tsepang was right. It's 3 John 2. So it says here, one translation says, Dear friends, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. I want you to see that connection. In other words, the health of the body is directly linked to the spirit being strong. In other words, God's priority is for us to do well spiritually first. Right? So doing well spiritually, putting God as the center, Huh? Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. Then it says, and what? And all these things shall be what? They shall be what? Shall be added unto you. The Weymouth translation read in 3 John 2, my dear friend, I pray that you may in all respects prosper. God wants you to prosper in all respects. Succeed in all respects. It says, I wish above all things, I pray above all things that you may prosper in all respects and enjoy good health just as your soul already prospers. So God is making the assumption that when it comes to your spiritual life, you read the word, you meditate on the word, you speak God's word, you live according to his principles, you put God first. But you can never do that without succeeding and prospering in life. You can never do that without having the wisdom to know how to make life work, okay? Tell your neighbor, I see wisdom upon your life. Tell them, I see wisdom. Tell two others, I see wisdom upon your life. So last week, when I concluded, I was supposed to give you four keys. These are not the only four keys, but four keys to living wise, dealing wisely in the affairs of life. Or you may want to say four keys to a successful life. They are not the only four. All right, but we will deal with these four. Not today, but we'll deal with them throughout this month. Key number one is change is the way of life. Change is the way of life. That's one key. Write it down. Change is the way of life. Say it with me. Say it again. Key number two, self-worth is the foundation of life. All right? Write it down first before you say it, okay? Self-worth is the foundation. And Barcelona, I'm giving you these things. When they give you a chance to preach at work or anywhere, all right? Just take it out and don't even tell them you got it from me. All right? Amen. I guess that's why they asked John Maxwell once. Somebody was buying his books, you know? And then after he bought, he said to John Maxwell, can I, can I use your books? Can I, can I speak from your books? He said, what's the use of you buying them if you're not going to use them? He said, well, if your conscience bothers you about quoting me because of copyright, the first time you quote me, you must say, John Maxwell said. Second time you quote me, you must say, it's been said. (laughs) The third time you quote me, you must say, you know, I was thinking the other day. (laughs) Bazalana, we all learn from somebody, don't we? Yeah, you know, some of you are really struggling to be original. If you've ever been born by somebody, you've lost your originality. You are carrying somebody's DNA and somebody's everything. Okay, all right. So, you know, nothing wrong with... uh, so, So use these sermons. When they ask you to share at work, you know, just mesmerize them with being sagacious and perspicacious. Woo! (laughs) <laughs> I 
All right. Some of you are not going to laugh no matter what I say this morning. Look at your neighbor and tell them, man, your face won't crack when you laugh. Just tell them. I... Amen. <laughs> hey. All right. Number three, desire is the motivation of life. Desire is the motivation of life. Number four, discipline is the strength of life. Discipline is the strength of life. That's number four. So read number two with me. It says, self-worth is what? That's number two, earring. Self-worth is there. Number three, desire is there. Number four. Now, I, I will deal with number four today, all right? Discipline is the strength of life. I want to talk a bit about discipline. Discipline is simply an orderly, planned, and effective way of conducting the affairs of your life. Eh? An orderly, planned, effective way of conducting the affairs of your life. You conduct the affairs of your life in an orderly way. You conduct the affairs of your life in a planned way. You conduct the affairs of your life in an effective way. To put it in my lingo, how chichiris. That's discipline. Non chichirising. Yeah? That's discipline. When you are disciplined, you are an orderly person. You live your life in a planned way. You don't let life surprise you. You are not a victim of life. You don't live life as a spectator. Huh? You don't live your life to lack and coincidence. Huh? You, you, you know that for your life to get to a certain level, you need to do certain things. Huh? Are you understanding, Bazalan? You don't live with a mentality aloto. For naming Zoebambi loto one day. You see, so even if Kisai Tswara loto, it doesn't mean I must suffer because I can't Tswara loto. Are you understanding what I'm saying, Bazalan? It's discipline. The World Book Dictionary has several definitions for discipline. And I've just taken three of them. The first definition is as follows. Discipline is training, especially training of the mind or character. First definition. Training, especially training of the mind or character. So discipline involves training. Those of you who go to the gym, those of you who run, or who are sports people, whatever it is, you know training is involved. It's not just in sports. All disciplines need training. If you want to be a good teacher, you've got to go to school and train. Huh? If you want to be an artist, you have to enroll into an and train. Everybody needs to train. If you want to be a, a good leader, a good pastor, you've got to go to school and train. Either you train informally or you train formally. By that, I mean either you enroll in a formal way of training or you learn from reading, observing, looking. But all of us have to train. And insofar as I know, Bazalwana, in terms of training is you spend more time in training than in the output. You know, I use boxing for myself as, as in a, a great... I don't know many of you realize that the, the boxing match, the 15 rounds that it goes, you know, it's not, it's not more than two hours in total. It's not more than two hours. I haven't calculated it. I should have calculated it, but it's not more than two hours. The, 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 you know, if you were to fight from round one to round 15, it's not more than two hours. But 
The people who get into that ring, they train three to six months ahead of time. Just on a day, like I've told you, I, I spoke to baby Jake Matlala, the late baby Jake Matlala, you know. I mean, in a day, just his training routine in jail, in a day, every morning he would be up by five, he would be doing the road work, running, at least five kilometers, every day, at least five kilometers, every day. And then he goes home, rests a bit, and eats. So even the, the diet you eat, you can't just use a bunny chow. You have to eat certain things. You have to load a lot on carbohydrates. You know, you've got to eat lots of uh, fruits, vegetables, but lots of carbohydrates, as well as uh, protein, better still whey protein, and all kinds of things. You've got to drink a lot of water. And then, and then, then during the day, he goes to the gym where he lifts weight for, you know, for strength training. You've got to get your muscles strong. And then he takes a break, and then in the afternoon, he goes to the, another gym where he has to practice, you know, the boxing, you know, the uppercuts and the, the what you call. Every day, imagine, every day, he has to do that for three months. And then towards the fight, he has to stay away from certain things. Yeah. One of that is that he cannot have sexual contact with his wife, even if he's married. And rightfully so, because too much of that doesn't make you strong. <laughs> Some of you, you want to be in denial. <laughs> and I ask you not to quote that to your partner when they are asking from you. I'm just preaching. Don't remind them or you won't be strong, no. Trada. <laughs> Imagine Basarana, all of that, all of that, all of that. He can't, he has to sleep, have enough rest, because if you're not rested, so you can't go and party. I don't know how many of you know, the fight here, which I always quote, Ya Muhammad Ali and uh, the one I'm already, and George Foreman. One of the reasons George Foreman lost is that before he came over and went over to what we know as Kinshasa now, uh, he, he had won certain fights before, and I mean, this guy was indestructible, George Foreman indestructible. People never lasted more than three rounds. I mean, he flawed Joe Fraser, who was one of the best boxers. Joe Fraser was such a strong guy. I mean, Joe Fraser is one of those guys when he fights, he doesn't retreat. He just keeps coming. You hit him with everything. He just moves forward. They used to call him Smoking Joe. I tell you, Joe Fraser was something. But I, I've got that on, on video. He, he flawed this guy in three rounds. Flood him more than once. Hit him, he fell. Got up, hit him, fell. Joe Fraser was just a Kobegilentim. Mike Tyson, why, uh, George Foreman, why Kobegilentim? He was so strong, they showed him one day training, pulling a car. You know, strapped to a car, he would actually pull a car running. They showed him with a huge axe chopping down a tree, big trees. I think guy was boom, boom, and the tree is down. That was a, that was a, hey! <laughs> you, you don't want to be next to that guy. And when he fought with Ali, he was at the prime of his life. I think he was 24 years old. I mean, this is a man at his prime. You know, this guy was strong. But one mistake he made, you see, he had won so many fights. And I remember the one interview they had with him before he came to fight. One of the journalists asked him, do you ever think about losing a fight? He actually got angry and says, me, lose. What are you talking about? I mean, you can see the expression on his face. 
The guy was indestructible. He thought. But then before he came, because of the many hours he was getting, he went out partying. Yeah. He went and partied and partied and then he flew to Kinshasa very late. You know, from the U.S. to Kinshasa, when you fly through time zones, when you come this side, your body must acclimatize to the time and the weather. But he came in late. I mean, he took it for granted. Who can? I'm indestructible. I mean, he, he, in fact, they had an interview with him years later when he's much older. They were asking him about that fight. He said, you know, I, I thought, well, is, this will just be a little exercise. I mean, this guy, I'll knock him out in two rounds, maybe three. I mean, I, I'll beat him up even before I break a sweat. Was he in for a surprise? Because what, what, what Muhammad Ali did, he came early in Kinshasa, trained hard, went around, familiarized himself with the place, befriended the people, did everything that you must do when you're a disciplined person. So when they fought, you can see that what he did was he knew he cannot match George Foreman strength for strength. The, the brother is too strong for him. But he, he made sure he's going to keep him long enough in the ring until the weather gets the best of him and the jet lag gets the best of him and the lack of discipline gets the best of him. And then when he is now at his weakest, then he will punch him out. I mean, he stringed him out. If you watch the flight, he punched him out on the eighth round. But by the fifth round, George Foreman was so spent. You could see even when he throws the punches, he's, he's, he's gone. But he thought, no, let me wait for him to be at his weakest. That's what Satan does with us. Yeah. You are a strong Christian. You, you have all, all there is to have. But if you lack the discipline, he just waits for you. I tell you. He waits for you at your weakest moments and that's when he hits. And you don't fall because you're not strong. You fall because you have no discipline. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So discipline is training. The third definition, they say discipline is a trained condition of order and obedience. A trained condition of order and obedience. I'm realizing the more I lead is the more we must teach people to be disciplined. Number four, fourth definition. I've jumped the other two. I'm just reading these ones. Number four is discipline is order kept among school pupils, soldiers, or members of any group. Order kept. I mean, even today, when we host the event at the stadium, the, 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 the I won't call him by name, but Mita Ng, the one who, who checks the event. Mita Man, the general, the corporal. Come on. Come bring. Come on. What is he? What is he? Every time when we have an event at the stadium, there has to be the, the, the commander, the VOC commander, the VOC commander, what VOC. These are people who are in charge of of big events, and they sit at your event to check if everything is done properly, to make sure there's no chaos, lest people die. He always says after our event, he always says to us, he tells Mama, he tells them all, he says, you must teach the other people how to run an event at the stadium. Because even with all those people at the stadium, we'll never have one chair broken, not one chair broken. Not one person hit, I'm telling you. No, 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 not one person hit, not one fight. No? Not one fight. Whether Rajiwa or Rajiwi. 
we, we, we don't, we don't, we don't, no, but, but what is even more, and I want you to listen next time you listen, listen to the political rallies, and you'll find even if the person is talking, there's so much background noise, not with us. Not with us. Now, I'm not saying it. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying me. I'm saying you are good people, comrades. It's discipline. Discipline. But people don't know how to behave. Let me show you, Bazalan. Let me show you. We've got to teach people how to behave. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says, he writes to Timothy, right? A young preacher. He says, these things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. Which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. He's writing to Timothy and the church in Ephesus. He's writing to them. He's telling them how to... There are people who, when they come to church, they don't know how to conduct themselves. Their cell phone is on. Huh? Oh, you don't want to say amen now. They walk out when you are preaching. They walk in when you are doing the altar call at a certain time. They come and walk all the way here. And it's, it's happening everywhere. You, see, you go to events, big events. People phone. Yalla, I Arab. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, Bishop, who born? Who born? Bishop, who born? We need to teach people how to behave. We need to teach people, this is how you behave. Yeah, we must teach preachers. Hurry. When you preach, this is how you behave. How rappellas cannot tell a lady more. How be much a home more? You don't. You, there's a way to behave. We have to teach people how to behave, how to interact with members of the opposite sex. Huh? We must teach people. When they get on stage, there's people when they get on stage, they, they don't know how to behave here. There's a way of behaving when you get here. When you are in church. You, you don't bring Kyotakostra thing more. There's a certain choreography. It's not allowed here. There are certain parts of your anatomy that mustn't move when you praise the Lord. No. No. Look at your neighbor who's not saying amen. Say, you're not saying amen because he's talking about you. I got concerned years ago, you know, when, when the corporate people and the music industry started taking so much interest in gospel music, you know. Years ago, gospel music wasn't such a something that people really took notice of. A few years ago, South African Producers all became aware that gospel music is loved by people and they can make money. And some people, it's all just about money. You know? And there's nothing wrong with music that's where you're dancing country. But even the dancing must be decent. Are you understanding? You can't shake your booty. Ooh. It's all praise the Lord at the same time. Come on. Hey, it must stay still, that part. You can do other movements, Mara. That part you're not doing still. Chup still. Tell your neighbor, say chup still. Hey. But I remember I watched one of, the, one of the songs that was done. And I was so offended because a secular person came in and, and, and did the choreography for that song. 
And some of these musicians who don't even, they don't care about God. God's not anywhere. They started doing gospel music. And I was watching the way they were dancing. The things that are depicted. Even in America. You see things that are depicted. And I said, see, this is, people don't know how to behave. I know you don't like me, but you know I don't care, right? You mean, it doesn't matter. We're going to preach the gospel here. The word discipline in the Bible simply means one who follows the teachings of another. The word disciple, rather. A disciple. One who follows the teaching of another. In other words, a disciplined one is disciplined as a result of following the teachings of another. We cannot call ourselves the disciples of Christ if we don't live according to what he says. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things that I say? If we say he is our Lord, why are we not doing what he said? In Mark 8.34, it says, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself. But following Christ is going to make demands of your life. (laughs) Hey! We, we, we mustn't get mobile learning and make it such a nice, acceptable thing. That it's such a nice and popular thing about Mzalwan. And you find people calling themselves Mzalwan, but when you look at the way they live, it doesn't reflect that. If we say we are the followers of Christ, it's got to show in the way we live. Yeah. Jesus says we are going to follow him. We must deny ourselves. We, we must take, he must take up his cross and follow me. He says, let him deny himself. You yourself say, I'm not going to allow myself to live in certain ways. I am going to take my own cross. I'm going to take myself and I'm going to crucify myself on this cross. What does it mean? I'm going to die to the things of the flesh. I'm not going to allow myself to behave. He says, there are things that I'm not going to do because I'm a follower of Christ. Yeah. That's what being a follower of Christ is about. Yeah. See, God has called us to a disciplined life. But the question is, why does the word discipline sound like a turn off to people? I see some of you, even your amens are measured amens today. Thank you for that unmeasured amen. Some of your amens are really not very convincing. Some of you have never said amen. Look at two people and say, you've never even said amen. It doesn't matter. Not even one amen. But why does that word discipline become a turn off? Number one, because of our fallen nature. Our fallen nature prefers to indulge in all kinds of wrong things. Let me give an example. I mean, let's be honest, Bazalan. Junk food tastes better than healthy food. I mean, I mean, come on, let's tell the truth, man. Bazalan, as much as I'm a, I'm a firm promoter of healthy living, okay, I'm not an extremist. So I just want you to know that. I do eat junk food as well. But the, the goal is to do it in moderation. You understand me? So yeah, I have an odd chocolate now and then. I love eating chocolate. Gee. Ooh. <laughs> I do eat McDonald's now and then. I'm sure you're going to focus on the service. I'm, I'm hoping you're not thinking about McDonald's. Just think about the sermon. Yeah, I do. But you've got to drink water. You've got to eat vegetables. You've got to eat fruits. You've got to eat 
properly, a good roughage, uh, everything. You must eat properly in moderation. Moderation. But to be honest, junk food, you know, number two, it's more fun sitting around than working. I'm going to tell the truth. Work, work, working is not... Oh, you, you are in denial, all of you. It's more fun, Bazarana. Even a winter time like this, wouldn't you like just to stay longer in the blankets? Proverbs 6, verse 6 to 11 tells us that dilemma. In fact, the, 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 the wisdom guy, Solomon, writes and says, go to the ends, you sluggard. Go to the ends, you villain. It says, consider her ways and be wise. Which having no captain, overseer or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer, gathers her food in the harvest. In other words, the end does what is right at the right time. And when it has abundance, it doesn't sit. It stores for days when there's no abundance. Verse 9. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Now, please, let's not ever say that poor people are necessarily lazy people. It's not true. It's not true. But we also need to also say that laziness will cause certain problems in your life. And that no matter who we are, poor or not poor alike, we can work hard and come out of... It might take longer for people who... The structures are so difficult. And I can say that with some conviction because of the history of our church. How difficult it was for us just to get land. And after we got land, just to build. It's, it's not easy. But we must encourage even people who don't have much to work hard. But there are systems sometimes that we must destroy to make it easy for people. Because even if you work hard and people don't want to correct the systems, all the hard work is nothing. But the principle is, Basalana, it's easier really to be lazy. You know, I, I walked around one day and it struck me in some place in our country and in other parts of the world. It was during the day, and I, I literally counted people who were actually sitting down during the day. Go around next time, ne? during the day. Somewhere around, you just check, just check out when people are sitting. Now, I know Mr. Bitsayo, I know. Now, look, I'm, I'm wise enough to understand all that. But, but I also want to say, there's many people who are hiding behind that. <laughs> who won't even try. You know, you know one of the things I've learned to do? I'd rather pay a guy more than what they are worth or more than the service they render because Bazama. I'm being honest with you. Yeah. When, I, when I go and wash my car and the guy washes my car well, I give them far more. I give them a lot of money. A lot, a lot, a lot. Because I, I, want, to, I want to reward the guy for having initiative. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shem, your hand clapping today is very cold, but I'll take it. I'll take it. To achieve in life requires hard work and discipline. What about morality? Let's tell the truth. The body enjoys doing wrong. Sin is nice, 
Thank you for being honest. <laughs> sin is nice and easy to do. It's more hard to not sin. It's more difficult to tell the truth than to tell a lie. It's more difficult to, to do things right than It's more difficult to live sexually pure than to engage in sexual immorality. It's more hard to be married to one woman and one man than I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's, it's more harder to not steal the money of the church as a pastor. It's very hard. Just to come here and preach and much more harder to keep my hands off the girls. It's very hard. Because they're all there and they're all beautiful. So, Oh, you think we don't know? You think we don't know some of you the way you smile with us? <laughs> you think we don't know? Hmm. You think we don't know? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, hey, Kiabona, yo. So, to be disciplined, you have to really make up your, you have to turn and run, you have to say no. I tell you, you have to, you have to. It's hard, Bazalana, it's hard, it's hard. It's hard when, when things are happening in a certain way and you are offered things. I've been offered so many things. People who want me to come and officiate at their wedding and they are, they are not even members here. One of them, Wilang Rumella, and all expenses paid for a cruise. Yeah, for one week or two weeks. Yeah, top, you know, the, these cruises you have, three star, four star. This one was a five star, if not seven star. It was a... <laughs> and when I saw the list of people who were going to be there, but this person is not even a member of my church. They said, they said, look, if you just come and officiate at my wedding, this is all paid for you. Come with your wife. I've never been on a cruise before. <laughs> what do you do? I, I, the, I, I didn't even talk to them. I let my my PA answered and said, I'm not going to do that. Because here's my issue. They're not a member. In the first place, Mokira King, there's a process. Why? Because with process, you can be fair to everybody. We have no preferred clients here. Are you understanding me? There's nobody who's preferred here. Everybody, the, all the rules and laws work for everybody. And I'm a pastor of everybody. Everybody has a right for me to officiate at that wedding. If I'm there, I'll officiate. It doesn't matter. It's a nobody, it's a somebody, it's a everybody, it's a who body, whoever. <laughs> I, I can officiate. But you see, Barutik, sometimes we, 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 are, we are for sale to the highest bidder. And we start showing favoritism to people of weight and substance. When we should be a pastor of everybody. I'm not for sale. I'm sorry. I, no. Never. Everybody, everybody in our church, everybody here, everybody here has a right to talk to me. 
Everybody has a right to come shake my hand, whatever, talk to you. And if I could be able to assist, if I'm there, we'll do it. If I'm there, just as schedule doesn't allow, we'll do it. As long as it follows the prophecies. Nababa, jump on defense. I'm sorry. But jump on Cuba. I'm sorry. We have no preferred clients here. We're all God's children here. Amen. I want to preach this morning. Instill discipline early in your life. See, the reason we teach children routine is to instill discipline in their way of life. And you parents, please, don't, don't ever let what this, sorry, don't allow what some of these professionals are saying to influence you. And some of these people, the way they talk, and, and, and unfortunately, they are not in your situation. They are talking from a theory of something, a best I think, okay, that's not working. Don't ever let your kids get away with things. Teach your children. You know, even at school, at church, kindergarten, whatever you call it, they teach children a routine. There's a time to wake up. There's a time to do this. There's a time to do this. You can't do this more. You can't do this. Which, of course, we mustn't be abusive and harsh and we must be loving, but we must be firm. We must, our children must know there's consequences to wrongdoing. There can't be baruhakabatu and then you, unaise young, kai. Hey, teach your children who beats among Memang, Datamang, our, our, our boys, our children. We taught them from Bunya and Babon. If we had somebody who's helping us at home, which we did, it wasn't much, it's just one or two, we never, we've always done things for ourselves. Or someone who's coming to help us with the yard, which is also not much then, you know. When they come in, they must call them uncle, mamang, mes mamang. You guys, you guys, guy. You guys, guy. One of our children one day killed her. You guys, guy. Hey, must be the last time. That's why, man. Don't come pizza, you guys. You must teach them. How about you? How about you? Medi say, do melang. Is it for that? Do melang. Hey, do melang bahulu. Hey, hey. You know, I find I'm. I'm finally understanding. You know, I'm, a, I'm a boy, you know. I'm a guy. I, I, and this is what most people don't understand. See why sometimes I, I recommend that boys should marry quickly. Is that they try to become a, the lion in the house. Uli thing and satwabo. Like anaka Growling. Tumela. Then they want to demand food from their mom. She must wash for them, feed them. They must do all kinds of things. And I said, hey, 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 hey. Not here. Yeah, you work. Mama, you work. Mama kills the children, they work. They do the dishes, they clean. If you have a problem, not here. And I tell them, I say, hey, hey, hey. There's only one lion here. This is this one. And don't ever try to comp don't ever try to square up with this lion boy. I'll, I'll, I'll break every bone in your body. I don't know. And I'm not doing it to be abusive. I'm doing it because these children must learn to respect. Start early with your children. Don't be spoiling your kids. one day. one day. 
Hadu medisiba to wait and throw a temper tantrum. Mulakala didn't turn. I'll bury you in a tomato box. Just Samaya. I won't even come to the funeral. Oh, manipulated by these spoiled breads. Never. We must still discipline early. Yeah. This is what John Maxwell says. He says, discipline in the beginning of life is the choice of achieving what you really want by doing things you don't really want to do. I'm quoting, I'm, 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 I'm proceeding. He says, after successfully doing this for some time, discipline becomes the choice of achieving what you really want by doing things that you want to do. In other words, when you start, you don't like doing it. But after doing what you don't like to do, you end up liking what you didn't like doing. Until you start doing what you like doing because you like doing it because you like doing it. See, when you start praying, it's hard to wake up in the morning and pray. But after you do it for a while, you get used to praying. You get addicted to the good discipline of prayer. So that when you haven't prayed, I've got to go and pray. See, when you're used to going to church, you are looking forward to going to church. Eh? You don't just walk to church, you run to church. Can I hear that, amen? I saw somebody last week. I thought I should tell you busy group. That's why kill a challenge. I thought I should tell you. I was watching somebody last week outside here. You know, as they come, no, no, Thursday. Thursday. They came in. We were just we had just started. And the music was going. And I heard this lady singing. She was singing her heart out and literally running to get into the church. I've seen that so many times. So many times. Who ever thought people could run to church? Now, you thought they only run to parties? No, you can run to good things as well in Jesus' name. Yeah. Running, and I thought, I wish the music group was here to see what I just saw. Or if you're really bringing it down, bringing the house down with the praises of God, huh? you are not holding back, you are, you are praising Jesus and, and giving him all the glory. People will run into the presence of the Lord. Can I hear a good amen in the house? See, the Bible shows us that spiritual maturity happens as a result of discipline. Hebrews chapter 5. I'm sorry, but I'm going to run quickly. I've got five more minutes. I'm over time here. There is much more we would like to say about this. That's Hebrews 5 from verse 11. The New Living Translation. Paul writing to the, to the Christians in the book of Hebrew. He says, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull or immature, and you don't seem to listen. Now note, you have been believers so long, now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant, and doesn't know to do what is right. Now note verse 14. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training, somebody say training. training. Say it again, training. training. They have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. See, it's training that helps us to know between right and wrong. So strength comes when you are in control in your life. When you are in order in your life. When you know what is going on in your life. So to be disciplined, therefore, number one, you must have a positive attitude. Don't look at discipline as something negative. Have a positive attitude. Number two, 
Make a plan for every area of your life because discipline must cover everything. Sometimes you may be disciplined in your spiritual life but undisciplined in the way you handle your money. You know, so it's in different areas. So you may be nice in handling your money, nice in your spiritual life, but no discipline. So you may be disciplined in everything, Mara. You are disorderly. You are never on time. You are always late. So discipline, so it does, and, and all of us, there's an area where we are all struggling. All of us. So make a plan for every area of love. Number three, commit yourself to that plan. Whatever area, make a commitment. Or in this area, number four, after committing, act on it. Act on it. Number five, be faithful to follow through. Be faithful to follow through. Hallelujah. Which areas do we need to be disciplined in? Number one, in our way of living. Live a disciplined life. Live for God, Mzalwan. Live as a Christian. We just read Hebrews 5.14. The King James Bible area, those who use the word have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I like it. Their senses exercised. Are you telling me you can get to a point where even your, your physical body has been trained to live right? Yes. Yes. Your body can get hooked on the right thing. See, when, when, we, see, we, see, when we talk about, you know, uh, 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 habits, we only refer to bad habits. No, they're good habits. Your body can get hooked to eating right. You, how Jahan, the day Ojan turned wrong, you'll see your stomach will react. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So you can really train your senses to do right. Where your conscience wants you, how color it's your conscience talks to you. That's number one. Number two, be disciplined in how you use your time. I was alone. I use your time. You know, Jesus says in John 9 4, I must work the works of God whilst it is still day. The night comes when no one can work. If you abuse your time and, 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 and you don't use your time right, I'm telling you it's going to be a problem. And, 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 and number three, be disciplined in the words of your mouth. James 3.2, let's have it up on the screen. James 3.2, I tell you in the King James, it says, in many things we offend all. We offend all. But if any man doesn't offend not in word, the same is a perfect man or a matured man. It's saying the sign of maturity is seen in your ability to use your words correctly. Real maturity. See, when you are matured, you know there are certain things that are not appropriate to say. Even if you feel like saying it. But you don't say it because maturity says, you can, that's where social media becomes a problem. Because you see, and I was explaining it last week about, you know, artificial intelligence that has been talked about. The only thing between, difference between us and robots is the ability to be insightful and to discern, to look at somebody's face and understand, even if I want to say this, I can't say it because I can see they are discouraged. A robot doesn't know that. How you feel? Because Siri doesn't have insight, understanding. They're not, you see, and the Bible says the sign of maturity is in the use of words. If you just say things in an inappropriate way, and just say things to people, you know, then it shows immaturity. In conclusion, 
A disciplined life places greater value on essentials, orders its priorities intelligently, operates by schedule, functions without constant supervision, makes the most of the time. I'll say that again. Listen to it. You can't write it down. A disciplined life, you'll, you'll, you'll download it, <laughs> places greater value on essentials, orders its priorities intelligently, operates by schedule, functions without constant supervision, and makes the most of the time. It takes discipline to live wisely in the affairs of life. It takes discipline. And I pray that God will grant us that disciplined life. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Wow. Hallelujah. Praise God. Bow your heads, please, with me. If you're here this morning and you want to invite Christ as Savior and Lord of your life, I want to pray for you right now. Maybe for you this morning, your point of action is to ask Jesus to come into your heart. Would you raise your hand, please? If you say, my life is not right before God, would you please pray for me? I want to invite Jesus Christ into my heart. Would you raise your hand? Thank you for that hand. God bless you.